When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey all, Eric Christensen here, host of the Real Life Pharmacology podcast. Today I'm going to cover aspirin, and specifically with aspirin, I'm, I'm going to talk more so about the antiplatelet activity that the, the drug has and how we use that uh, in clinical practice and some factors that you might want to uh, think about, as well as mechanism of action and, and all that good stuff as well. So, other brand names that aspirin goes by, uh, Ecotrin, Bear, um, it's in some Excedrin products as well. Uh, when and I think this brings up a really important point when you when you talk with patients about over the counter medications, you have got to be sure you're on the same page with them. And you know, take Excedrin for example. Excedrin's you know, generally considered for headache. But if you go look at different Excedrin products, they've all got different ingredients. So very, very important to understand uh, what's in a medication, an over-the-counter medication, and make sure that info is relayed back to the patient as to what to look for uh, as far as the active ingredients go on the, the back of that label because so many brand names have different variations of products, and I often have, often, often have to look myself uh, to make sure I'm getting what you know, giving something to a patient that I think uh, they should be um, getting, because you can often be deceived uh, by brand name over the counter products and what's in them. Uh, so with that, we've got the mechanism of action for aspirin, and I did talk about NSAIDs um, more broadly uh, in a previous podcast, so definitely go check that one out um, where I talk about uh, some of the concerns with NSAIDs as a whole. Uh, but its primary mechanism of action as far as the antiplatelet activity goes, uh, aspirin, like other NSAIDs, can inhibit COX-1 and COX-2 enzyme. And primarily, this is going to block the production of thromboxane A2. And this thromboxane A2 is important because it stimulates uh, basically blood uh, clotting. It, it initiates that process and stimulates um, platelets uh, to aggregate together and, and stop bleeding. So I think you can kind of understand by that mechanism that aspirin's going to uh, increase uh, the risk of bleeding there. So it is classified as an NSAID. Um, in addition to that antiplatelet activity, we do have some analgesic, antipyretic, um, anti-inflammatory properties. These are generally at much higher doses. Uh, than the antiplatelet activity. The antiplatelet activity, we're looking at you know, 81 milligrams to 325. Some of, sometimes you will see um, patients, it seems like it's more geriatric patients, use aspirin as their go-to uh, headache medicine and, and things like that. Um, generally not something I, I recommend, um, but you will see patients do that over the counter sometimes. And 
in the headache, pain relief, anti-inflammatory um, type effect, it's generally going to take higher doses with that. So maybe up in 650 uh, and, and more in that range as far as the, the milligram dosage. So again, a primary use in clinical practice is going to be that antiplatelet activity. This is what you're going to see patients on, 81 milligrams once a day in the morning, for example. Maybe 325, um, you know, depending upon the situation and, and what we're using uh, the higher dose for. But again, if you see a patient usually dosed on it once daily, it's probably not for pain. It's probably for cardiovascular prophylaxis, preventing heart attacks, strokes, and things of that nature. But um, we always want to make sure to ask patients um, what we're using something for to make sure they know as well. Now, there's you know been some controversies, some push and pull on cardiovascular prophylaxis and what dose is appropriate. Is 81 milligrams fine? Is 325 fine? And I will say Probably in the majority of situations, 81 milligrams of aspirin is okay. But there are some you know, risk factors and, and patients who have maybe had multiple events. There are some clinical factors and situations where you may get a provider that wants to do a higher dose. So um, there can be a little bit of leeway. There can be some exceptions there. Uh, but 81 milligrams is probably acceptable um, for most patients. One for sure situation where we're going to use that higher dose, uh, maybe a 325 uh, milligram tablet, is in an ACS type situation. So that's a acute coronary syndrome. That's a situation where you're maybe um, a patient's presenting to the emergency department or, you know, with EMS, the ambulance comes and, and a, a heart attack is suspected. And aspirin, 325 milligrams, uh, is recommended over uh, an 81 milligram tablet in that acute uh, situation where a, a heart attack is suspected. So that's one um, clinical situation where you might see the, the higher dose used and preferred um, over the 81 milligram dose. Surgical procedures. This is always a question um, that patients... Um, ask or that I've seen patients ask a lot uh, and it can um, be difficult and there's no good blanket answer for whether an aspirin should be held or should be not held because different clinical situations and the uh, intensity the aggressiveness of the surgery um, and what we're doing the invasiveness of the surgery and how much blood loss is anticipated uh, does dictate whether aspirin should be held. You know, if it's a, a minor, you know, topical skin procedure, you know, aspirin um, might be appropriate to continue in that situation. And um, what you're going to want to lean on is the, you know, surgeon and, and what they're doing um, with the patient and their determination of uh, what the bleed risk is in, in that situation. So, if it's going to be held, typically aspirin is going to be held in that 5 to 10 day range. I would say most commonly in practice, I've seen about 7 days, maybe up to 10 days in rare situations. Um, but 7 seems to be the number that I've seen most common. 
so again, whenever we hold aspirin, you know, the obvious risk is that, you know, a cardiovascular event, um, if that's what we're using the aspirin for, um, does maybe have the, the potential to happen or, you know, that's the, the perceived risk at least of stopping a medication like aspirin. That's a, a preventative type medication. So um, always important to, to think about the, the risk of the surgery, the risk of blood loss, as well as the, um, you know, risk of stopping that medication for a period of time as well. Uh, adverse drug reactions with aspirin, I would say with uh, baby dose aspirin, adverse effects, um, particularly other than bleeding or bruising, um, typically aren't that common. So uh, if I do see a patient that's that's maybe having trouble with aspirin, uh, it might be a little bit of stomach upset or things of that nature. Um, or bruising and bleeding. That's probably the most common thing I see uh, with patients, maybe even more so uh, with geriatric patients that maybe have a little more uh, frail skin and things of that nature. The, the bruising um, may be really, really bothersome to patients. This is something that you're probably going to come across. So we're always kind of juggling that risk versus benefit of aspirin. And we can certainly monitor hemoglobin uh, and hematocrit to, to make sure that the patients aren't losing blood, aren't having a blood loss, maybe through the stool or something of that nature, a GI bleed. Uh, we can also check platelets uh, to make sure that, you know, this patient doesn't have some sort of underlying issue or, or anything else that's dropping their platelets further, which may put them at higher risk for bleeding. Another thing to, to monitor, look out for with that bleed risk is other medications. So antiplatelets, anticoagulants, and I'll, I'll touch on that with, with drug interactions a little bit there. Uh, so GI upset, you know, you might get some, some mild issues there. Uh, GI bleed, um, bleed risk in general is probably the thing I see most common with aspirin because of that antiplatelet activity and, and really what we're trying to do with the drug. Um, in preventing some of those those blood clots. Uh, rare things that you might see on like a, a pharmacology exam, but I can't say that you see them too often in, in clinical practice. Uh, so ringing in the ears or tinnitus can happen um, with uh, the overuse of aspirin or high-dose aspirin. Uh, again, not incredibly common, but you know something to think about if you've got a patient presenting uh, with ringing in the ears, tinnitus, uh, definitely ask them about over-the-counter use because there is a small segment of patients out there that will um, take some aspirin on their own for aches and pains or as an anti-inflammatory. And then RISE syndrome is associated with aspirin. That's always kind of a classic um, test question. So generally aspirin is going to be avoided in pediatrics um, due to that risk. So let's take a quick break from our sponsor. Uh, Meded101.com has a growing list of resources, uh, NAPLEX, BCPS, BCGP, uh, ambulatory care, as well as good books that are clinically oriented, um, great for nurse practitioners, uh, PAs, med students, physicians, um, just good information, clinical, uh, real-world information. 
in education that you can uh, stop by and, and check out there. So meded101.com slash store. Finishing up on drug interactions here, when I think of you know particularly low-dose aspirin, I'm looking at drugs that are going to have uh, additive effects or potentiate that risk of bleeding or thinning the blood. So other antiplatelet medications, so something like clopidogrel or prasugrel, which is typically used with aspirin, um, post-MI, for example, but you've got to remember that when we start using, you know, multiple agents that do similar things, you can have that additive effect and, and bleed risk does go up. So very important to uh, remember that as we add uh, more of those antiplatelet agents. Same thing with anticoagulants. Uh, there's lots of geriatric patients with atrial fibrillation who are on apixaban, warfarin, uh, rivaroxaban, and they may also be on baby aspirin or you know maybe higher dose aspirin as well and you've got to remember that that risk as we add those um, anticoagulant medications of bleed can go up as well uh, NSAIDs notorious for causing GI bleed uh, I generally caution my patients on that uh, if they're you know taking aspirin on a dose of aspirin if you use an NSAID, an over-the-counter medication like ibuprofen or naproxen, you've got to remember that this is going to increase that risk for things like GI bleed. So I think that wraps up the podcast for today. Hopefully you picked up a few pearls or reminded yourself of a few clinical pearls with the use of aspirin. Uh, give us a, a rating and review if you love the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That's greatly appreciated for those of you uh, that have already done so. Uh, snag your free PDF. It's a 31-page PDF of the top 200 drugs. If you're a student, uh, absolutely a no-brainer. Um, go ahead and do that simply for following uh, the podcast at reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, take care. I hope you guys have a, a great rest of your day. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.